Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us. Yeah, we are. Oh man, digging into some footnoty goodness today. You got Logan and Rob. Yeah, it's coming at you in Dolby 5.1. I don't know what we're. This is not Dolby 5.1. I'm not doing this in surround. But I, I missed you. That could be fun. I missed you yesterday. Did you? You missed me. I was yeah. missed. You I were was missed. missed. You were missed. Sorely missed. Yeah. I missed everybody. That you're, was. You're a gift. It. I am a gift. I'm a hmm, gift. Oh my. There's so many layers to that. We'll just we'll let everybody else unpack it in their minds, and we'll just leave that leave that uh, be. We'll have to do. That. Oh man, no, it was good. Uh, down for down for my brother and and Haley Fleischman. Now Haley Daly. Oh man, she'll always be Fleischman to me. Yeah, I'm I'm never. She'll be Fleischwoman. I always drove her nuts with with that. She used to be my student in high school ministry, and and then at some point she met my brother and his lack of shoes. And decided to, I, I don't know, fall in love with him Took or something. Took pity, yeah. Took pity, yeah. yeah. Settled, and I don't, I don't she, know. She kind of grew up in my house you know, in high school. Last three yeah. years of high school, she was nonstop at our house. And and so... Worlds colliding. Part of my life, too. And So it was fun. Down for the wedding, but then I was like, I'm going to hang out with family on Sunday and sleep. Did Man, you sleep? I was so yes, I slept in pretty pretty well, um, and then I just lazed about all morning and hung out with some family, and then I That's went to cool. a concert with some old faculty at CSI later that day. That's cool. Uh, and it, it was about that point where you know things were happening in Missoula, and I was being missed, uh, and I I tried to do a little little tech support for Mike. Uh, well, shout out to Mike. Keep running. You're doing Keep running, great. Mike. I tried to do that from the back of a concert, which I find is ironic now that I'm thinking about it, because Mike's the type of person to be like, what are you doing texting in a concert? I'm trying to help <laughs> you, dude. Uh, I was that guy, but I was way in the back. I wasn't the back row, but I was in the back. But I also was terrified to like open up the YouTube and have it like start playing Mission Ridge Church oh, absolutely. in the middle of the Hindemith horn sonata or something. like That would have been uncouth. So I waited <laughs> until the thunderous applause. That's a long sonata. <laughs> oh, man. I really want to figure out what's going on here, but this is like a 10-minute piece. You just got to wait, Mike. <laughs> I can't move. <laughs> oh, oh, good fun. man. Fly good on the wall. Good fun. So, yeah. No, it was good Good stuff. Good stuff. It was, a, it was a fun wedding. Oh, yeah. No, that was good. Yeah. It was good. We really enjoyed going down. We had a... Nice stay at an Airbnb. Um, worked out really well for us nice. as a family. The uh, my son getting there, my boys and uh, and Josh's wife getting there. That was quite the ordeal. They basically this. got there at five a.m. They left five thirty p.m. the night before. For any of you doing the math, that's a twelve-hour drive from Missoula to Twin Falls. That's about twice as long as it should take. That's twice as long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so ask him about that adventure sometime. Flat tire and 
yeah, so I got about three hours, four hours sleep that night, and then yeah, your whole table at the reception, y'all, y'all look pretty, uh, pretty wiped, pretty haggard. Yeah, yeah you guys were look like we're from Hagerman, but <laughs> oh, it's Hagerman. That's right. Hagerman, not Hagerman. Oh man, that drove everybody nuts when we were growing up. <laughs> Hagerman, no. It's like Moscow or Moscow. Yeah, right? kind of similar to that. But how many G's in it? Uh, one. There's one G. Only one G. Okay. It was a guy's name. Would be Hagerman. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. All right. Like Hagar the Horrible, the comic back in the day. I I haven't caught up on my sleep though. That's no. where I was going. All I, right. Still, you, you this st- morning you do look you look still a little uh, like you're ready for you're ready for night night. Yeah, we got sun- Sunday night football, so probably oh there you go having people over. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Bears are playing Sunday and, night football or Monday night. Yeah, that's, there we go. He's all that you you needed that time change. That extra hour did you good, but not enough good. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I was up man. at 5 a.m. Sunday to get back here. Oh, wow. Yep. Oh, because uh, I thought you guys, because you guys left the reception a little early. I thought you guys were uh, driving back that night. No. No, you guys, you guys were just like, we're all tired. We're peace out. Right. Oh, man, you missed it uh, as the, the departure. I don't know. I might keep this in the podcast. We'll see. But uh, the the departure we had, you know, everybody raving, w- waving ribbons as the bride and groom go off, and I'm I'm pumping a, I think it was Whiskey Whitney Houston or something, or I don't know something or something or another on the, and you know, getting everybody riled up, and they go running out, and my dad had gotten tennis balls, and he had about a bunch of tennis balls. I don't know the technical term, a plethora. And so he had like eight in his hands. His school. And uh, a school of tennis balls, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> and he had, they'd given them out with dis- specific instructions. Toss them gently and don't hit Haley. Now the problem is Haley has a lot of sisters, and some of those sisters got tennis balls. Oh, my. And I don't think Haley got pegged. But my sister, Teresa, got one that was intended for Haley and just missed. And I'm pretty sure she still has a bruise on her arm. Like, <laughs> kind of glad that it missed Haley, but also a little button. But yeah, just so they lobbed, my dad lobbed them gently as they're coming out the doors and tennis balls raining down on Daniel's head. No one knew about that one. So that was, that was pretty fun. And they met in a care group. Yes, they did. Oh, man. There's the plug right there. That's the segue right into it. Care groups. Yeah. Join a care group. Get married. Mm, foot, I, foot, foot, footnote goodness right there. There you go. Behind the scenes. That's I the mean, stuff. At Mission Ridge, we really care. There you go. <laughs> Jeez. We, we should get more sleep. <laughs> Dave would say, you need more sleep. Old Dave Baker. Anyway. Not all wrong. Right. Not wrong. So uh, uh, further possible shortcomings. Well, let's talk about this. Yeah. So uh, you you you're you're giving some examples using this Chrysler diagram, yes. as it's now been christened or Chryslered. I had no idea what else to call it, <laughs> other than the file name that you created. Yeah. I, well, I, I, and I called it that because you called it that. You know, I was going to call it pentagram of care group or something, but that seemed wrong. But <laughs> pentagram of discipleship. Jeez. Oh, oh. oh, 
That's that's a beastly sort of thing to call it. What? Oh, exactly. Yikes. So Chrysler diagram it is. Um, mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Pentagon possibly. Um, this is Pentagon wrong. Um, but the uh, yes, yeah, so we got these different this different areas maybe of design, and and you're going to give some examples of people that you know, and how they're ministering to people. Right. And right. and you specifically said like these are not necessary they're not necessarily in the church or they're not in the church they're not typically not typically in the church right these are outside of the and maybe we should define church being like your sunday morning service or the normal church building workings yeah when people think in terms of a pastor saying hey we want you to volunteer we want you to we want you to serve we want you to you use your spiritual gifts. You're thinking worship team, coffee team, tech team, children's ministry, ushers. Yep. Janitorial. I don't, I don't know. I'm running out of things to think of. Admin. Admin, sure. But even that one's like most people probably wouldn't think of admin. Right. Like that, that's a little outside of the normal. Yep. There you go. Uh, folding bulletins. I don't know. Something like that. Sure. Uh, People are designed a little differently than that sometimes. Exactly. All right. Yeah. So you started giving some examples, and the first example you gave, I I, I laughed as I was listening to this on the ride up because so you just prepped it with that, and then the first one was Amanda, and and it's benevolence ministry. Yes. And I'm like, well, that happens in the church. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what most people don't under- don't understand, and and this was actually a common common misconception in Moscow w- amongst the people. Mm-hmm. The congregants. Uh, the congregation, yeah. Is that the, the benevolence program that we ran was not for the people of the church. It, it was really for the community. Okay. My experience is this. When someone in care group has a problem, if the care group can solve it, they will. And the church will never, the, the church leadership will never know because... Or, or won't know about it beforehand. They won't, they, yeah, they may never ever hear about it. Yep. One, if they do hear about it, it's, it's already solved. Sure. And so, and, and if a church member came to benevolence, I always called the care group leader and said, hey... Joe has this has this issue. Uh, you know, is there some? Do you, do you guys want to take this on? And sure. and a lot of times they did. And if we if the church itself needed to help, we we did. But but the majority of our benevolence funds was for the people outside the church. Thus, it being kind of outside the church ministry. Yes. Yep. All right. Yes. It's good clarification. Yeah. Now, most of the folks that I talked about, they they created their own ministry. No one asked them to create that ministry. No one, no one came to Cass and said, hey, grab a paintball gun and a bunch of dudes and talk about Jesus after you shoot each other up. Sure. Um. You know, Christy, no one, no one came to Christy and said, hey, put on these classes. In fact, she came, it, it, if I understand correctly, it was the other way around. Yeah. 
was she was passionate about it and came and asked and it was like, hey, I want to do this. Can I do this? Yep. And the church provided a space for her to do that. Yeah. Building space. Like, but it's her ministry. That, but... She designed it. Yep. Matt Becker. No, no one asked Matt to. Absolutely not. Do the ministry that he did. And if they would have, he would have said no and then done it anyway. So uh, <laughs> that's that's just Matt. Um, but um, so most of these ministries, I, I wanted to represent both men and women because so often these conversations could be lopsided, I, I feel. Sure. And I wanted to make sure to highlight a number of stories. And, and Amanda's story... I think is resonates with so many people because there's a there's a saying a prophet doesn't know any honor in its own hometown. Mm. Mm-hmm. And there were a bunch of people that came to me like, What are you doing? Putting this person in charge of Because you were in charge of benevolence. I was the pastor over it. Yeah. Yes. And so I was setting her up as a coach level leader. And and people came to me on staff. People came to me, people from the congregation, they came to me. I'm like, you know, I had this conversation with this person that's been investing in Amanda. I talked to this person over here. I talked to like Amanda is growing. That's and, a thing. And so, you know, sometimes we feel this call to do something, but but the people around us, the people that know us or, or they have history with us, they're not always ready for us to, to kind of move beyond our past. Sure. I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to share her story, because... That's a good lesson. Because, yeah, no, that happens. Yep. That happens probably more often than it should. Yep. So, yeah, good. Good, good, good. I like that. Oh, that trigger. Okay. Uh, was it Jim? Yes. Now, Jim's the one, he was just going to disciple that. Like, he, he would just disciple you. Yeah. I mean, he was going to make a disciple out of you. He, yeah. He, he probably <clears throat> had a, desi- a dozen disciples wherever he was at. So, just to clarify, because we've, we've been talking about discipleship, right? Yep. This is, uh, like, the the concept of... Uh, discipling somebody from infancy to maturity could be a long process, is a long process. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, so Jim is going to jump in and invest even if he only has an hour. Is that... Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, but Jim would have ongoing meetings. Like, he would meet with you... Week after week after week, he'd spend his gotcha. He'd spend that hour with you. Okay. 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 All right. Yeah, because I, I, on that I wasn't sure. I was like, you just like yeah. He wasn't doing one hour of discipleship and then and then like randomly meeting you in an airport. Yeah, and he's flitting gonna invest off in you for an hour. Flitting off. Gotcha. I'm just saying that if he got in relationship with you. If you if you let it happen, he was going to invest in you. Yes, consistently. Okay, gotcha. Yep, gotcha. All right. He, he was filling his schedule with discipleship, 
And you notice how I said his part-time job at 60 to 80 hours a week yeah, was that of a landscaper. Sure. And his full-time job. No, that was, yeah, that that I got. That I got. Uh, that I, I resonate with that, actually. Yeah. We've talked about that before, like. Uh, when I was working, when I was working Macy's or whatever, like it, it wouldn't matter if I was full time ministry or not. Um, once you get the discipleship bug, right, and that that's maybe the 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 con, the consistent theme through all of these people is get how they ministered looked different. Yep. But the one thing they are all doing is they are all making disciples yes. and discipling people. Yep. Uh. How they're called is doesn't matter how you're called, but you are called to make a disciple. And they all got there in very different oh, ways absolutely. for very different reasons, and it could look very different. And and it doesn't have to look like anything. In fact, I think it shouldn't. It's yeah. It should look exactly. If you're listening to this, God is calling you to make disciples, and how is intrinsically connected to how you are designed. Your experiences, who you are, yeah. where you're at in the moment. All yeah. of that. All of yeah. that plays your into design, it. your passion, your experience, your gifting, your location, like all those will play. And I didn't I didn't use your story on, on purpose. Some um, of it had to do with time, but I Oh yeah, we talked about that on earlier yeah. in the week. So this as like as a, a staff member and so when at the wedding, when you walked over to the piano and you changed the setting, the board. What's that board called? That you. Oh, the top. The, the lid of the piano. Yeah, the yeah, lid of the yeah, piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I thought you were still sound video guy. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'd gone from stream video guy to delegating that to Brian, and I quickly taught him how to do that uh, earlier that day. <laughs> uh, actually, no, it was during the service. I was like, oh wait, I got to give you a quick run through again. We talked about you doing this, but I don't know if I had fully explained how you're going to do this. <laughs> Brian, my brother. Yep. Uh, and uh, I also lassoed uh, our quote unquote cousin Eric into running a camera for me. Uh, they were the ushers, and I was like, "You guys are going to be in the back anyway. Here, you're going to help." <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, you sit down, and instead of being the sound guy and the video guy, the production guy, you are now playing and and singing. And I'm going doing a thing. I'm going. Oh, Logan's gifting is is coming out. Maybe a little bit. Now, he, from a design standpoint, you're very effective at. At uh, video and all things mm-hmm. technical, like you're, if you don't, if it doesn't come naturally for you, you know the parts that don't come naturally, you, you can fight through it because you're just, you know, smart. I can jack of all trades it. Yeah, um, but there are times where the only reason why you're in that particular role is because you're the guy that's there. Location. It's location. Yep. And and you know, throw design out the window, throw passion out the window, throw experience and gifting, like throw all those out the window. You just happen to be there. Yep. And I'm uh, a willing warm body. And if I was gonna if I was gonna tell that story really well, it would have taken me 
five sure. five minutes, and so I I chose not to do it. But but I it it was the you know you do our our, our graphics. Well, your that's a giggle. Your colorblind. Yeah, but My, you, n- not as bad as some people, but enough that you know there are people that are more gifted with colors than me. My sister, fantastic painter. Me, not a fantastic painter. <laughs> Me in art class, all black and white, focused on that. It was good. There you go. <laughs> it's a yin yang kind of thing, but yeah. So you know, just a f- it's the fact that you are the guy that's there. And and that's the sole reason why you're doing it. And and sure. sometimes that is the reality of ministry. Like you, you look around, you're going, Oh, there is no one else. Here we go. <clears throat> there's a uh there's a phrase and I part of me kind of hates this phrase because it ends up getting me into trouble, but there's a I can't remember when I first heard it, but the uh God doesn't call the equipped. God <laughs> equips the called. Yeah. Uh, so you can take that and you can apply that and say, if I'm here and there's a need and I'm looking around and, oh, that needs to happen. Yep. Oh, that person needs something. I have no idea how to do that, but I could try. I actually read that on a plaque in a house, Lake Coeur d'Alene, roughly 1991. Like, well, yeah. that was the year I was born, so. Yeah. Maybe there you go. There you go. Uh, that I, I've I've heard it. I know I've heard it in multiple sermons. Uh, I think I've heard Aaron say it. I've heard Marty say it. Yeah. Uh, it, like maybe Marty. I don't know. I I've heard people say that one, and that one always just kind of stuck with me. But and it, some of that's my design is jack of all trades. Uh, like that's some of how God made me, I guess. But uh, but there there's something to be said for you. Just got to take a swing. Yep. And you know that I don't like roughly right because I don't like failing. Sure. And I've got a I've got a strong I I learned this weekend with family that I apparently all four of my grandparents were perfectionistic. I thought mm. one of them wasn't. I was wrong. Found that out and Perfect. and it was revealed to me. I was like, "Oh, that's why we had to weed it under all those fences all the time. It had to look perfect." It was this is, this is going to mess up my genogram. Uh, but <laughs> it's going to refine my genogram is what it's going to do. Um, but a- anyway, so roughly right, like, but it gives you permission to fail, which I struggle with that aspect of it. Yep. But what it also does is it calls you to try things. Mm. And and that, that I, I do like that part of roughly, roughly right is it's I don't I don't want to fail. I want to win at everything. But like you can't win if you don't swing. Exactly. Exactly. I, I played baseball that way, and I swung it, uh, swung, swung. I took a big old swipe at every ball that I could possibly reach. Yep. And it made pitchers hate me because there were balls coming back at them that were over my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a tennis overhead, kids. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, I. I yeah, no, I I've won them in the strike zone, but I didn't I would, care. I, I was swinging for the fence. It was can for, I reach it? I will hit it <laughs> for sure. So <laughs> made it easier to evaluate. But anyway, mm. take that, apply it to discipleship. Like if you see a need, take a swing. Yeah, 
Yeah, you may be the only one. You might be a colorblind person trying to do color correction on a video for CareNet. That's a giggle. It might happen. It might happen. Jesus will still use it. All right. Well, let's talk. Uh, you wanted to talk about Moses. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about Moshe. So, you know, I, I went back to this verse in uh, Exodus chapter 4, and I'm going, wait a minute, the burning bush is in 3. What? Why is this conversation, like, spilling over into the next chapter? Mm. And, and just a quick look and going, there's so many excuses by Moses. Like, did, was he practicing these? Like, is he out there watching sheep for 40 years? And he's like, if the Lord ever says this... <laughs> Here's the, my excuse. <laughs> you, you know how we take someone to court in our minds? Sure. You know, like uh, <laughs> like we get in an argument with our wife and then, or friend, I'll, I'll throw I up. argue with my beta fish all the time. Don't yeah, worry about you know. it. We'll just use them. So you're arguing with the beta fish and <laughs> and you, you're just going through, like, if they say this, I'm going to one-up them with, bam! I got my comeback ready to oh, go. Absolutely. Re- ready to roll, ready to roll. Well... You know, he says in Exodus 4, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Which sounds pretty good, like for being somebody slow of speech and slow of tongue. It's well said. That's that's a, that's a good... Well said. Bravo, sir. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, there's... Two main passages in the New Testament that give us some some background, some history on on what the New Testament writers thought about Moses and mm. you know. Um and I, I mentioned Hebrews, and I was thinking Hebrews eleven. I mean Hebrews actually talks about Moses quite a bit. Okay. Yep. But uh but the other main passage comes out of Acts chapter seven out of Stephen's sermon. Mm. And he, and Stephen says this, Moses was educated in all the learnings of the Egyptians, and he was a man of power in words and deeds. Hmm. I find that fascinating that the, that the rabbinical thought of that time was that Moses was a man of power in words. When his excuse was... God, I can't talk, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay, so is that the chicken or the egg? Right. Which came first? Mm. Is it did he have but 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 it seems to seven seems to connect it to his education. Okay. Which if you're living in a palace, yep. uh Pharaoh's son adopted, Prince of Egypt. You you can get the best education ever. Yeah, out of anybody at the time. Yeah. You got access to it. Uh, Verse 23, but when uh, he was approaching the age of 40, it entered his mind to visit his brethren, the sons of Israel. And when he saw one of them being treated unjustly, he defended him and took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the Egyptian. And he supposed that his brethren understood that God was granting them deliverance through him. Mm. 
So at the age of 40, Moses felt this, uh, this something inside of him. A burning? A, yeah, this passion, this burning, this call sure. of God to deliver his people from Egypt. A fiery desire? Yeah. I dig it. Now, things didn't go well at that moment because he strikes the Egyptian down. He doesn't exactly... He probably doesn't use God's methods. Nope. Doesn't sound like God's methods. Yep. Although, technically, God strikes down a lot of Egyptians later, so maybe it is God's methods. I don't know. Yeah. And People s- can wrestle with that. I... And I really connect with the story because in in '96, I was working as an office manager. I was going to Bible school. I was pastoring three retirement homes for our church. Okay. I was involved with the recovery ministry. I was being discipled to be a pastor. Okay. And I was so frustrated over our finances. I'm a um. A newlywed. We have a we have a son on the way. Sure. And I didn't know like month to month to month. It it wasn't adding up. Like our bills were X amount. Our income was Y amount. The Y amount was less than the X amount. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yet somehow every month we we paid our bills. But I. Uh, I didn't have a depth of relationship with Christ. Hmm. I lacked uh, spiritual discipline. And uh, I was still just, I was an angry person. And and that's why I said Sunday that my self-assessment was was that I failed the first time I did, I tried ministry. That Mm. when I first responded to that call, but for the next 20 years, I kept sensing that I was supposed to go back to that call. And I knew Moses' story. I knew that he 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 screwed it up the first time. And and sure. And and when he when he came back to it, he was like, I I can't do that. Hmm. I, I have this problem. So I I, I knew that story. And, and it's how one, often did you come up with excuses? Oh, so when I when I left ministry, I made forty thousand dollars a year that first year hmm. in the military, and I quickly jumped to sixty, mm-hmm. and eventually I was I was making. Eighty thousand dollars base pay plus my military pay. Mm. Yeah, I was I was almost a hundred thousand dollars a year. Sure, successful. I left the ministry to make forty thousand dollars a year. Every year after that, it seemed harder. How do I go from a hundred thousand dollars a year back to sub? Forty thousand dollars a year. Yep. I, I, every year it got worse. I was making more. 
I was making sure. more. I was getting further. I'm like, this gap is is bigger and bigger. And I'm going, God, I, I, I can't do that. Yep. You got more and more sheep that you're looking after. Yeah. For Daddy Jethro. Yeah. Oh, this it, is fantastic. This is a perfect. This is a perfect parallel. Yeah. I love this. All yeah. right. And so, I retired in 2010, and I'm making. I have a retirement that I get paid monthly. Okay. And so it's like, do I make the jump now? Uh, I'm going to help my parents with their transmission shop and stuff. Sure. So I did that three years. I uh, did the uh, internship in 2014, started in January, and, and it was June when I asked Craig, who's been on our board, he's been... Uh, I invited him to be on our board for a season, and he was on our board huh. here at Mission Ridge. But uh, I, I'm like Craig, what do I need? To, what do I need to work on? What like three months? What what's left? And he goes, ah, there's only one thing. And I about died in that moment. Hmm. I think I was so w- scared of messing this up. Tw- almost 20 years later, is 18 years. Later at this point, I was so afraid of messing it up that I would just so tense and so tight that I couldn't mm. that I couldn't communicate and and it, conversations like this would just I would I would shut down. Huh. On stage, I would just shut down, and and I was doing announcements or or doing communion or or just sharing a verse. You know, like it was like I had a three minute sectioned i didn't have sure 30 minutes and uh even uh even when i went on staff at real life in in moscow in 2016 i was still having problems it wasn't as consistent hmm. but you put me into a large room and i would have problems I would get stuck somewhere, and I was so self-conscious about being stuck. And and I think roughly right here has helped me with that. Just going like, uh, you know what? I might stumble. I might stuck. I might say, uh, uh, you know, sure. four or five times. And so, you know, 2016, you know, started working through that. It was, it was getting better, but not great. 2018. That's when I joined the team here, mm-hmm. and then six months later, you and I are doing the bulk of the preaching. Yep, I remember that. That was off. That was into the deep end, and that's what that was. And I and so this is five years after that conversation, mm. and I'm still wondering: Am I supposed to be a preaching pastor? Sure. Am I supposed to get up on stage on the regular to communicate? This is who we are. This is what we're about. This is this is what God's calling us to. Yep. C- can I do that? Mm. So, yeah, the, the Moses story is my story, and and mm. what I was afraid is that I was gonna it was gonna take forty years, not twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Super ancient, super ancient of days. Super ancient. I told somebody about that at the wedding. 
the other it was it it was uh my my old voice coach I said and she looked at me like I had just said the most offensive thing on the planet. I said, <laughs> okay, clarification. He called himself that the first time. <laughs> and then I never let it go. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. She she came up and introduced herself to me. She goes, I've heard so many good things about you. And I'm like, what kinds of things? From who? <laughs> I'm like, what kinds of things could people say about me? She must have been talking to my parents. It didn't come, couldn't have come from me. <laughs> Who you been talking to? Oh, uh, uh, good old Serena. She's she's the best. She's good stuff, and she's got connection to, to the church, Jenkins through yeah. the Jenkins. Yeah, yep. yeah. Crazy, she's crazy story. Weird and wild. Weird and wild. Small world. That's what yep. it is. Yep. So there you go. Cool. Well, there's ministering and discipleship and all sorts of good stuff in this podcast today. We got who needs a Jen. Jen had to run and go get Shandaya. Yeah, we do. She was she was being a good mom. Yeah, she was. That's what she was. Yeah. She was doing that. We still need Jen. We do. We stayed moderately on the rails today. Yeah. Despite not having a Jen in the room. I know. So, there you go. All right, all right, all right. Well, we'll uh we'll catch you guys next time. We'll be wrapping up. I think is this the end? This is the last one. This is the end as we know it. Oh yeah. man. Of the discipleship yeah. series. Yeah, I feel fine. Yeah. Oh man. We are we are there. It's been a long been a long haul. <laughs> you and I, six weeks into any series, we're like, are we done? <laughs> I'm looking at next year and we got a couple long ones planned. I'm thinking, why do we keep doing this to ourselves? <laughs> Something about running with endurance. We right. should we should do a, a sermon series about running with endurance for like 12 weeks. I'm kidding. Let's not do that. Mm. No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> oh, but then we're into, we are into my favorite time of the year. Yes. It's the most wonderful time. It's Christmas, baby. Yeah, it is. It's Advent. Can't wait to do that. It's advantageous that we are coming up on that season because I'm yeah. feeling the need for a little celebration. Let's do it. All right, all right. Let's well, last week of discipleship this week, and then we're into into all the fun stuff, all the Santa Claus. Mm. Or maybe not. But uh, we'll get there when we get there. Yep. In the meantime, I don't know. Go make a disciple or something. Go oh. take a swing. Unless you're Mike. Keep running, Mike. You, you keep running, and then go take a swing. Yeah. I don't know if he's still running while listening to footnotes, but if he's not, you should start running. I, I, I don't know. I got, I got nothing. Peace out. We'll see you guys later. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.